0: authors. I'm Joanne Morrell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge your career as a hybrid author both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Hello, authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is a or sold from me and I'm chatting all about preparing for podcast appearances. Identifying your podcast appearance, podcast processes, preparing your podcast recording space, calming your nerves, preparing your podcast information and key takeaways for preparing your podcasting mindset. So in my author adventure this week, it's been a relatively quiet week compared to others. It's felt like a quiet week. I haven't gone out to any events. I haven't really, I haven't been on social media. It feels like I've kind of just blocked out that world. And I think that I maybe needed to do that after the last couple of weeks where I have been all out in the, the traditional publishing world where I have been at author events and submitting and, as I said in past episodes, being and just all that noise it felt like I needed to pull back a little bit and just focus on my independently publishing projects which is the current women's fiction I'm writing. I do have another non-fiction book that I'm going to hoping to put out by the end of the year also. That type of book is something that will just come out of me relatively quickly as a lot of the non-fiction stuff does but uh, my fiction takes a, a lot longer. This week has just been really focusing on my writing and I have finally that I haven't I've been wanting to get outside a lot more currently near a lake which I I really enjoy walking around and getting exercise and things like that but there's a beautiful spot as well I thought it was actually a, a picnic table but it's it's not it's like a little wooden oh, I don't know how to describe it <laughs> um, yeah I guess it's like a little bench that's kind of high up and high down and so I it, when I've walked past there recently a lot it depends on the time of day I guess there's always someone at it but the other day I just went down it was kind of early in the morning I usually go to the library to write but the libraries don't actually open till 9 30 now I do school drop off just before nine so then I've got that half an hour or I might end up at a gym class at like 10 o'clock and it's kind of like, well, what's the point in that half an hour? I can either do some admin from my car or or a bit of writing or whatnot. But uh, this particular day, uh, I say I've been off social media, I actually put a post up of me writing at the lake out in nature, adding to the word count at this little bench that I'm talking about. So you can check it out on my Instagram or Facebook. But yeah, I managed to sit there and it was just so peaceful and it was inspiring. I felt a bit rude, actually, kind of not enjoying the the view and kind of putting my direction and attention to my computer. You know, the sounds of the lake and the, the birds and, and all that, it was really, really good. The only thing I will say is if you are planning to write outside and writing in nature, obviously being in Australia and we're coming, we, we are in spring, so we've had some beautiful days here, but we've also had some absolute crazy, stormy days as well. And this was a bit overcast, but there was still a glare. (laughs) So prepare for the glare on your computer screen if you're outside in nature. It can be hard to see the screen. You need to position yourself properly to be able to focus on your words and your writing if you're outside. But I I recommend getting outside and writing occasionally. You know, change it up from your desk or the usual cafe or wherever you write. Um, Like I said, I write in the library. It's pretty much just facing a wall. I do like the library because you can just it, it, and even the library is not quiet or and I don't need quiet but it's just nice it's nice to sort of go around different places and different areas and be inspired and that can all help with getting your your writing going. I've also been busy with podcast interviews this last week and this week. I generally batch them so I'll do a few within the space of a couple of weeks and then put those out and then fill it up again and so it's been interesting having those interviews and I'm looking forward to sharing those shortly. There's also been I guess a few things, you know, I've had to to do with personal life come up this week and with writing, you know, it, it's great that it is a flexible profession that you can pivot and do it wherever. Um, Had to pick up, you know, children from school and that takes away your, your whole planned day of writing somewhere, but then having to do it elsewhere or yeah. So pivoting and writing is something that I've been thinking about this week and how we're fortunate enough to be able to do that. But you just have to roll with it you know, life, commitments come first, family, all that stuff is more important. Your one day of writing and then you get called to go and pick up, you know, your child from school. And and that's just what has to happen. And you just have to keep going with it if something just happens in your personal life. The other thing that I have been involved in this week is uh, I am a hybrid author. Obviously, touched on this a couple episodes back. Um, all definitions of hybrid author, and I'm also hybrid with the organisations that I'm part of. So I am a member of Squibby, as if you're an avid listener of the podcast you will hear me talk about that always. That's probably one of the first organizations I ever joined because I started out writing children's fiction and Squibby is a society of children's book writers and illustrators. They are the organizations you join if you write children's fiction or you draw for uh, children. I recent last year I think I joined the Romance Writers of Australia because I am writing women's fiction and I was really looking to uh, hopefully get a buddy out of this or um, I have to say it's one of the organizations that I have haven't had a lot to do with. I get their magazine, which is great, um, but I haven't really reached out to them as such. So they're an organisation that I probably, once I put this women's fiction book out, will become more involved in. And the other organisations, which I've had on the podcast, and they're the, the Australian Society of Authors. They're, they fight for author's rights. They provide a lot of good courses. I've done pitches through. They are pitch speed dating and all sorts of things. I'm also recently have just, which is ridiculous because I've known about them for ages, but I have joined the Alliance of Independent Authors, Ally, and they're based out of the UK. But I tell you what, I have been navigating their website and taking you know, taking full advantage of what my membership is and they offer so much, so much stuff. I've signed up for a free, well, it's only free because of my membership and it's like a self-publishing conference that's coming up in October and I really want to immerse myself more in the self-publishing side of things uh, in my career as well because... I don't think I really have that much uh, I listen to there there's a podcast the Alliance of independent authors podcast the self-publishing podcast and always listen to the creative pen podcast Joanna Penn who's you know what um, She's my guide, my mentor. Uh, so I, I'm very much up to speed and also the, the guys from the Self-Publishing Formula podcast too. There's there's heaps, you know. I'm, I'm, so I'm very immersed in podcasts and things. But as for organisations, this is the first self-publishing organisation I've joined. And I think it's probably, you know, the main one out there. But I, I've also become an affiliate for them by joining up as a member. So if you're interested in joining the Alliance of Independent Authors and uh, helping me out at the same time, you can go into this podcast episode on wherever you're listening to it. You can go into my website, hybridauthor.com slash podcast. Go to this episode, click on it, And uh, you will find the Alliance of Independence author banner and uh, like the badge. And you click on that and that will take you through to their site. If you decide you want to be a member or have a look or whatever. If you sign up through my affiliate link, then I mean, if you're going to sign up anyway, if you sign up through mine, then I get a little bit money back from my membership. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? And I 100 percent want to be an affiliate for them because I really, really think what they're doing It's amazing. And I've had Orna Ross, who is the founder of the Alliance of Independent Authors, on the podcast before. And she's Irish and and just lovely. And they're just a really inspiring bunch of people. So I'm really looking to take advantage of that. And I'll tell you more about the self-publishing podcast more in October. So, Plotter, P L O T T R, is a software tool that I use at the moment and the second sponsor of the Hybrid Author podcast. And I have been using Plotter's template, the 24 chapter novel outline, to create my women's fiction book. I'm currently on act two of the template which is exploring the new world and that is made up of chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 and 13. So chapter, to give you an idea of what the templates are, you know, chapter 8 is enemies and allies, which is the beginning of act two, you know, explore the new world, meet new characters, find their place and role and introduce other characters, like it gives you templates and guides on how you can lay out your story, what things you might need to be thinking about in this act, in this point going forward. Chapter 9 is uh, Games and Trials. Early in Act Two, struggle to be- the you know your character struggles to belong. They've got frustrations and doubts. What trials and challenges do they have? The promise of the premise. Chapter Ten is earning respect and the A story, the internal, the first battle pinch point. So this is mid Act Act Two, which is a small victory. As lead proves capable, fun games, begrudging acceptance, and Chapter Eleven forces of evil. Stakes are raised. Antagonists are revealed and chapter 12, problem revealed and then chapter 13, truth and ultimatum and then the B story, internal point. Now these are all just guides and templates to sort of drive your story going forward and what readers may expect at certain points but it's great to be able to outline plot and for your story so you know you've got a direction, you know where it's going. I haven't ever sort of worked this way but I absolutely love Plotter, I do. It's allowing me to pinpoint parts of my story but then get quite creative with them as well. So if you have haven't seen Plotter, again I, their link is in the show notes and also on this episode on my website, uh, plotter.com. They've got it's it's amazing feature so you can also trial it for free. Preparing for podcast appearances. So in light of the recent blog post that came out on the Australian Writers' Centre blog, written by the sensational Alison Tate, for those of you living under a rock, Alison Tate is the author of three epic middle-grade adventure series for kids, The Mapmaker Chronicles, The Ataban Cipher, and The Maven and Reed Mysteries. She is a presenter at the Australian Writers' Centre and former co-host of the So You Want to Be a Writer podcast. Al's new middle-grade novel, The First Summer of Callie McGee, is out now. So this blog post featured myself, the Hybrid Author Podcast and Danny V from Words and Nerds Podcast and of course the Australian Writers Centre Podcast host and CEO goddess who we've also had on the Hybrid Author Podcast, Valerie Koo and the topic was on how to pitch a podcast. So I thought I'd do an episode extension of this on how to prepare for your podcast appearance. My This episode, this is all about you've done your pitch you're now preparing for that podcast appearance. So uh, I'll, I'll share a little, lo- a brief little taking from the the blog that Allison put out about pitching for podcasts. And I'll also share the link in the show notes again, in case you missed it from last week. So Alison wrote, understanding how best to pitch a podcast comes down to understanding three things. One, the flavor and philosophy of the podcast. Two, the audience of the podcast. 3 where you and your book might fit into the first two things. To this end, the most important thing you can do before even thinking about pitching is to listen to the podcast you're targeting. And I 100% agree with this. If you you might there's thousands of writing podcasts out there at the moment. They're all different, so you need to have a listen and find out what they talk about you know so don't assume allison says don't assume that all writing podcasts are the same instead listen they aren't <laughs> listen to several to find out where you and your book might be might be best fit once you've done that it's time to think about your pitch to help you understand the different requirements that different podcasts might have allison asks three of Australia's favourite podcasts about books, writing and writing for their insider insights. And these are the brief takeaways for each of us that Allison wrote. And all like, although, like I said, I'll provide the link so you can read it in depth if you missed it. So Valerie Koo be concise, understand the audience and include the essentials. Danny V research relationships and relevance to the podcast brand and myself value to the audience think of a new angle and don't bulk pitch. We'll assume that you've read this post now and you follow the advice that's been outlined by Alison and the three podcast hosts including myself and you've then pitched to podcasts the podcast you want to appear on. So with this episode it's time to prepare for your up and coming podcast appearance. Here's where this episode comes in. Identifying podcast appearance. So first off, you need to identify the purpose of your podcast appearance. Of course, most likely for authors and booksellers, it's to make people aware of you and your work in the hope of selling copies of your book, at least promoting it. But to break it down further, what does this entail and which angle are you coming at it from? discussing your book directly, you as a writer, chatting in depth about a specific subject, topic or element of your book, or it could be all of the above, the marketing, the crafting, the publishing, the process, the underlying message of your work, but you need to identify which one of these you will be discussing, as I said, if not all. There might be podcasts, that you appear on that are like novelty podcasts and and they're absolutely nothing to do with your book but they're more based on other aspects of your life but then still links back to say you're an author you've written this book but that's not really been the focus so there's all sorts of things uh, whatever the purpose you need to identify it and then stick on point to that podcast process Every podcast is different in the way it does things. So if you've never listened to a podcast and you want to be on one, you need to choose the ones that you feel most interested in, listen to those and see where you fit, like Alison said in the blog. So on my, on the hybrid author podcast, I define a topic I'd like to speak with an industry professional about. Not really just authors. I speak with publishers, booksellers, and other industry organisations. All sorts of individuals which can share knowledge to help an author on their author adventure or deepen their interest in the industry. So for me, I don't really source books. Occasionally I have, but I'm more interested in talking about other aspects that link back to the book. So once the of a topic once a topic of interest has been established, I then send a Zoom link and some questions to work as a guide ahead of time so the participant can prepare and have an understanding of the way I tailor the episode. Other podcasts, however, usually just wing it and they prefer an organic conversation. And that's all good too. Questions can organically materialise within my podcast episodes, but I know I've never, I, I would never... I, outright ask a person anything that they couldn't answer. It would be based upon what we were already externally talking about. So I I think podcasters believe the best form of podcasting is the natural conversation over, say, a scripted podcast. And of course, that makes sense. But for newbies and people who don't hold that much podcast experience or appearances or public speaking stuff, having something written down to act as a guide will aid you and keep you on track to the key information you'd like to share. So sometimes, you know, even I mean, the reason that I have laid out my podcast the way it is by sending questions ahead of time is because, you know, when I first started out podcasting, I knew nothing. I'd been listening to podcasts for a long time, but I just felt like to it's, it's being prepared, really. This is what I want to discuss. We don't have to discuss it exactly in order. Question one, question two, question three, whatever. Sometimes it bounces around. Sometimes I don't even ask some of the questions because... You know, we've found something else interesting to talk about. It's organically, the conversation has grown from that. My questions usually just work as a guide to let the other person know this is what I want to talk to them about and help them prepare. I'm interested in an organic conversation, but also uh, I'm prepared. (laughs) And I like to prepare the other person for what they're expecting. And I also interview a lot of debut authors and people who have never podcasted before. I interview all ranges of people. I think it's just... For me, I feel like it's just courtesy, but everybody's different and that's up to them. So even though you have the question sent to you and you might have recorded your answers, you don't need to read directly from what you've written down, but you can glance at it. You can pause in a podcast for as long as you want, you know, and chat naturally to share the information you want when asked and about it, you know, because that's the beauty of podcasts. The audience can't see you, they can hear you. Uh, so even on my podcast, if I want to talk about a certain topic, you can always draw the conversation back to you and your book, you know, sneakily or whatever. That's that's exactly what it's about. I don't want to talk about just the book straight out and all the things. There's always different aspects of, of what is interesting about book writing and authorship and all these sorts of things. So I, I give that opportunity, I think. I'm, I'm just not... Du- directly talking about your work but indirectly and you can realize this and and play on your answers to to bring it back to the book so like all good books I believe all good podcasts should edit I 100% edit my podcast otherwise the episode would be filled with "Uh mm, mm uh-huh and silly annoying noises and that's from me Uh, and lots of ums and arbitrary words which I feel deter clear size can you know Listenership of the episode, it might be off puttings. So don't stress. Don't stress if you ever come on my podcast or hopefully on another's. Hopefully they edit. And uh, I just feel that that gives me peace of mind as well. Preparing your podcast space. This is quite an important one. So for me, when I'm having a podcast interview, I don't have one specific podcast set up. I move. I've, if you're an avid listener on the podcast, you'll, you'll know. I've just done three months traveling the top end of Australia. Uh, I podcasted in bathrooms. I have put caravan bathrooms, various areas of my house house. Um, I'm, I'm recording this in my car. <laughs> I am a podcaster on the go. So you know, but one thing I do do if I am usually in the house is I will begin by closing all the doors and all the windows. So sound from anywhere is not coming in the house and and coming from different areas. If you, I always advise people, if you have a microphone or headphones, use them. They don't have to be anything fancy, even just little earbuds or something like that. I just feel like it helps a bit more, but I have interviewed people without them always and it's fine. It's absolutely fine. It's not a necessity, but if you have them, use them. Silence all phones or notifications on your computer and try and record in a non-echoey room at a time of day where you know you won't be disturbed. And usually it's best like carpeted carpeted rooms is really good. Yeah, usually I find like with wooden floors or tile floors, the sound will bounce off them and bounce all around the, the room. So don't mind a little background noise I feel its atmosphere it all adds to the podcast if you've been listening since the beginning you'll you'll have heard different noises in different episodes and I leave those in I do um you know I'm in my car right now as I said so you might hear some traffic from the roads you should definitely hear some wind or birds chirping or something like that I just I've I, I tend to record the intro and outro I've just gotten used to doing it I guess I do the podcast interviews at my laptop with my mic and my pop but I tend to do there seems to be the loner sold episodes and the intro outro and all the other stuff in the car on my phone so the the audio is still good though I just sometimes might get that pop sound because I haven't got that right that's the round circle that goes in front of the microphone but the car is actually a really good recording sound booth uh, I found and a lot of the reasons for me recording is, you know, I, I have to do this in between school pickup and out of the house when others are in it, the time of day, I just have to fit it in around my schedule. So in uh, one of the episodes, I, sh- I should have got the episodes numbers up, but Christy Byrne and Dennis Knight, Christy was on school holidays, so we could hear, like, um, not so much kids and stuff, but there was animals, lapping, you know, drinking water, and there was all sorts of things going on, and I just felt like it, it you know, all added to where we were podcasts can tell a story too you know I think it just connects the reader it makes you guys come alive like the atmosphere it makes people come alive in their mind I think when you're listening and then you hear something you picture the room that they might be in uh the recent one with Leanne White Jen Sherrington from Leanne from Wild Eye Press she was recording in her studio and she actually had a parrot a 28 fly in she had to She had to get up and go off and rescue it out. And I kept all that in the podcast because I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and also uh, a few times where we used to live and I did the episodes, there was a barking dog next to me and there was nothing I could do about that. I can't change that. out. I I couldn't edit it out either. I just, the software didn't do it for me. So, and I had listened to other podcasts where someone's doorbell's gone or they've got a dog and when it goes off and it just makes you feel like you know them. To me, it feels more personal actually. You know, you're getting a, a real glimpse from the inside someone's home. So don't stress too much about noises, but you can, as the the guest, the podcast guest, could. these are a few little easy things that you could help the podcaster out by having a more quieter, clear time. So calming nerves. So if you're a first time podcast guest appearance person, or even, you know, in general, chamomile tea is always a good calming buster to help with nerves. Even if you don't like it, you know, when I first started interviewing people for the Hybrid Author podcast, I was super nervous and I used to drink pints, actual pints of double bag chamomile tea. That just, it just always helps. It tastes like, it looks like wee, (laughs) wee water. And, uh, it's not the nicest tasting, but it does actually relax your body and make you relax. Uh, of course, if you drink too much, then you might sit the whole podcast and, and need to go to the toilet. So just watch your intake. And and the more, you know, the more you practice and experience uh, with podcasting, it, that all helps with nerves as well. You can do role play uh, with those you feel comfortable doing it with beforehand or a few days beforehand to run through your answers or what how you, you know, think it might go. And also mindfulness. I know some people find this wishy-washy, but think of the end result. Don't just think of the upcoming podcast and how scary it feels and that big barrier first up. Think of the other side. So think of you've, you've completed the podcast appearance. You talked about your book and it went amazing and you actually had fun and it was a good experience. How will you feel? Think about that, that feeling on a high, excited, happy. You've, you've done it. You, know, you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, a lot of fear comes from thinking about something you might not have done before. So then you don't have the the other side of it, the, the having experience before and the feelings you get after it. So the focus is on oh, it stops you before you even go because you don't have the experience to draw upon from doing it afterwards. So once you've done one, then you can draw upon that really cool feeling afterwards that you felt great and it went great and, and all the rest. Of course, you know... It, it can't always go amazing but <laughs> why not why can't it hey let's think think that it, it did so and then also I think it's good to think about if you don't push yourself to do these things and I mean you don't have to do podcasts uh, if you don't want to do podcasts but obviously we're talking about if you are doing being a podcast guest and appearing on one think about if you just freaked yourself out so much that you decided you couldn't do it and you cancelled how would that feel regret, disappointment, not very nice feelings. And I think you'd probably feel worse than if you actually done it, you know. So preparing your information. And I'm not talking about um, preparing your answers here. I'm talking about make sure you have a straight forward way for people to be able to find you and your books. So you're going to share, probably share on each podcast. That would be a normal thing that people, even if you weren't directly talking about your books, you're going to share a link of how people can find you and your books. And you, do, you want to have up-to-date answers for that because this information sits on the web that people can find at any time. It doesn't just disappear unless the podcast obviously stops uh, running. So social media handles, your website, your email address, make sure everything is up-to-date, clean and functioning. Your bio uh, that you provide, all of it is relevant to the information to be able to, for someone to be able to just access you and your books, buy them straight away, you know? So takeaways take the fear out of it. If it's your first time or your 50th time, know that it's normal to be nervous. I'm good at asking questions and engaging conversations, but I'm still yet to have my first solo podcast appearance. I've been on a podcast with others, podcasting party, but... Uh, I haven't actually gone out on my own to do a podcast, but I do have one booked in October and I'm only venturing out myself. So, and I feel a bit nervous about it because I think, oh gosh, you know, (laughs) I'm on the other end now. Am I going to be able to hold the conversation? But I'm taking these points that I'm sharing with you and I'm applying them myself. And these nerves that I'm having, it's mainly just excited energy, you know? I feel like it's going to be excited and fun. So obviously I'll be sharing all that with you shortly as well. Other takeaways, just be yourself and have fun. Think of it like a chat with someone, a conversation. And by the end, you know them. Even if you don't know them, you, you, you're more on a connection with them. And I know that's you know, talking to people and having conversations actually fills many of you with absolute dread. Because, you know, writers, we can be quiet people, solitary people. And so having to actually come out and chat to people is about can be hard for some. But if you just think about it as simply you're sharing what you've been working on these past few months, days, years in in the quietness by yourself. What what does that mean to you? You know, why have you written a book? What what happens next after you've done this book? Why will others enjoy it? Why will they connect with it? Why will they love it? Why do why should they share it with others? Don't you know just, just go out there and talk about your work and, and you and just share what's been, been going on and yeah just be natural. Don't be intimidated by another's status uh, I obviously approach people who are been in the industry a long time, they're much more advanced and experienced myself and that's something that comes up in my mind I'm like oh my gosh you know but don't wig yourself out, we're all here for the same reason to promote a love of reading and help raise up another author or someone else in the industry so in that that goes for you too no matter where you're at in your author adventure and just know podcasts are not scary they're a super fun way to connect with people you might otherwise not get to all around the world and it's quick and fast easy way to reach an audience so happy podcast guest appearing put yourself out there and make yourself proud So there you have it, folks. I hope all those tips are helpful to you preparing for your upcoming podcast appearances. I'd love to hear all about them. So please leave me a comment on the website podcast episode post and uh, we'll get the conversation going on how things went. Or if you have any other tips that I didn't share. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have romance writer Tess Woods. She's chatting to us about the Little Red Street Library. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it from me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.